0: As you noticed in the video, uh, our church's theme for 2010 uh, was that it was the year of epic faith. And uh, indeed, it was a faith-increasing, faith-stretching year. Amen, leaders? (laughs) And, uh, but you know, with each new season, with each new year, you know, God highlights certain themes so that we can process what we experience. With uh, revelation and wisdom, you know what I mean. Instead of just trying to like put a framework to it from whatever which way, you know, God will highlight certain themes so we can process each season of our lives. And for our church, as 2010 was the year of epic faith, uh, we've I, I've been already announcing at our prayer meetings that 2011 is the year of intimacy. Turn to your neighbor, tell him it's the year of intimacy. Hold their hand and tell them it's the year of intimacy. It's going to be a year of developing intimacy with God, intimacy with your spouse, intimacy with your family, your friends, your small group members, intimacy with the body of Christ. Amen? It's going to be a year of intimacy. And the relationships that you invest in will no longer draw an empty return. God will pour out the wisdom, grace, and love for you in this year to go deep in your relationships. I mean, how many of you in here, you aim to have shallow relationships? I mean, most of us don't. And we want deep relationships. And you know what? If intimacy was cash, we will be wealthy by the end of the year. Amen. 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 And uh, where last year our church schedule was quite packed, we're busy with different events, and we're constantly being stretched to our limits so that our faith could increase. Uh, In 2011's plan, uh, the leaders we kept the schedule relatively free, so that we can really get intimate with Jesus and with each other. So it's going to be a good, good year. Um, I'm thankful for 2010. Just to reflect back on 2010, it was a year in which God really tested our church and established our church. If you think about it, in 2010, God really tested our membership covenant and our membership responsibilities. God really tested it, and he established it stronger than what it was the year before. Uh, in 2010, God uh, tested us as we prepared for the Niagara Conference. And it was, a, it was a, quite a, a big task that we had. But, you know, our church leaders, I'm very proud of our church leaders for pulling through and we be putting on a fantastic uh, conference. God also used the year to establish our core values. Establish core leaders. He used it to establish a culture here of honor. Of honoring especially the prophets and apostles and, and the prophetic and the apostolic. We've been, God's been establishing that type of culture of honor. God also used this year to establish my relationship with Pastor Benjamin, my new spiritual father. And uh, he also established this church plant. And establish this new sanctuary and the new office that we have downstairs. So now that in this year, God has laid the foundations and the structures and has established this firmly, it's time for us to begin to focus on the relationships all around us. Alright, and so we are entering now a year of intimacy. So I believe that in this year, we'll do, you know... Fellowship events like barbecues and sports competitions. If we have brothers that are athletic now. Do we have brothers that are athletic here? Yeah. Yeah, noble. Yeah, sisters. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Sisters are athletic too. All right. All right. (laughs) And um, we'll have picnics, retreats, you know, things to cultivate uh, fellowship and intimacy. But that's not all. I believe also... When we do the work of the Lord, when we go on mission trips, when we go out evangelizing, there's also going to be an emphasis of intimacy there. People are going to go on mission trips as perfect strangers and they're going to return as BFFs. Because intimacy is the highlight of the hour. And I believe that people are going to even connect on deep levels at our prayer meetings. All right, it's going to be a year of intimacy. Now, last week I preached a message called Do Not Go Out Naked. Uh, Meaning, do not live your life. Do not walk the Christian walk. Do not try to go out and do the work of the Lord without proper covering. And I talked about how um, covering comes only through relationship. You know, you can read every single book out there by Rick Warren. You can listen to all of his tapes. But that does not mean that you have a covering from Rick Warren. You got to be in relationship with Rick Warren. Right, Just because you've read every book there is on Obama Does not mean that you have the covering of Obama I mean, Obama, you've got to be in relationship with him For you to have a covering of the president uh, And in this way, um, covering comes through relationships And I want to tell you right now The more intimate the relationship you have with the leaders of this house The thicker the covering of God's grace will be on your life and uh so on this first sunday of the new year i just want to just decree i just want to decree and declare that 2011 will be and is the year of intimacy for each and every one of you i want to reject and overturn every work of the enemy be it emotional psychological organizational that might try that satan might try to set up as a wedge to drive in between the relationships that you see around you i want to overturn that right now because this is the year of intimacy and we as God's people, I want you to be aware throughout this year, as the sons of Issachar did, that they understood and interpreted correctly the times in and the seasons they lived in. I want us to be a people that correctly understand and interpret the times in which we live in. We're in a season of intimacy. And Satan is going to try to come after that. right? And if you are oblivious to this, you're going to be jealous of everybody else experiencing intimacy and you're just going to feel left out. And you're just going to be angry at God and and being like, God, how come, how come you left me out of this? And it's not that God left you out of it. It's that you need to be aware. You need to understand the times in which you are living. So if you're here under the covering of this house, all right, I'm telling you right now, this, this church is going to experience intimacy at this hour. And it's going to be really good. <coughs> now, um, as we enter the year of intimacy, I want to share with you three keys To help you develop intimacy with God and with each other, there's three simple keys. I'm going to go over that right now. Number one, first key to intimacy is you got to make a commitment. Make a commitment. Say that. Make a commitment. You know, before you can experience intimacy in any relationship, a commitment is required. Many people fail to realize this. They rather wait to make a commitment till after they have the intimacy. But this is not how intimacy works. You see, true intimacy does not work that way. True and lasting intimacy requires commitment. And it's not incidental, it is intentional. Even think about the way that God loves us. It's not like one day God's like, oh, oh, here's some creatures, and here's some people I made, and and let me love all of them. It wasn't incidental. God had to be intentional. The Bible says that he predestined us in love. I mean, God had to choose whether to love us or not. Right? And we got, in the same way, love, intimacy, these things, intimacy, true intimacy can only be had when you're intentional about it. It doesn't happen automatically. So, the number one step is you got to make a commitment. So, for example, men... If you want intimacy with someone that you're romantically interested in, you gotta make a commitment first. And it's not just one commitment, there's like different levels of commitment. And the more the girl opens up to you, the more you got to meet her there with a bigger commitment. You know, and, uh, women instinctively will look for a commitment before they open up more to you. Wise women, they will give you the cold shoulder. It will seem like they're playing hard to get, but it is built into a wise women. Now, immature, younger women, they they tend to just open up real soon. And they just get prematurely intimate with with their boyfriends before those boyfriends have made proper commitments. And then what ends up happening is later on they feel betrayed when men casually walk away from the relationship. And they're like, well, what about all the special intimacy that we shared? And what, what they realize is when you have intimacy outside of a commitment, that's a counterfeit intimacy. That's a product that Satan sells to you. And if you will buy it, it's going to just cre- create heartbreak, There's dis- disillusionment. Right? And that's not what God, God wants for us. God wants for us to have true, lasting intimacy in committed relationships. <clears throat> so commitment is a prerequisite to deep intimacy. And uh, when two people are romantically involved... And they're really, really serious about each other. That's when they make the ultimate commitment, which is best termed by the word covenant. They make the ultimate commitment. They make the covenant of marriage. And when two people make the covenant of marriage, the relationship is consummated by the most powerful symbol of intimacy that God has given to mankind. And that's, there's some children in here. But I'm sure they already know what it is. <laughs> the most powerful symbol of intimacy God has given is 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 sex. It is. It really is. You will not get more intimate with another person on the earth. I don't care if you've been... Living, uh, if you're a brother and you've been living with your uh, 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 male friend for 20 years, I don't care if you've been living, a f- you're female and you're living with a sister for 20 years, I don't care how many, how many vacations you've taken together, I don't care how many quiet times you've had together, it will not quite be as intimate as a husband and a wife. Because they get to have sex. Not because they get to have sex, but the sex is a simple of the deep intimacy shared by a husband and wife. I mean, there is no human relationship that gets more intimate than the one that is between a husband and wife. And in fact, God uses marriage as an illustration for His commitment and relationship to us. There is nothing, there, everything on earth is lacking. Like best friendships, BFF,FEA, whatever, you know, those are all lacking In comparison to to marriage, God chooses marriage and marriage is like, you know what? My love for you is like the love that you guys have for each other in that marriage. It's deep. It's intimate. There's a oneness. I want you to experience oneness with me. Now, Jesus prayed, Father, that they may be one as you and I are one. Now, God wants to fill you with this spirit and transform you so much That every move you make, you make in him, you make me move Jesus. Like that you are in such oneness with Jesus that what you do is simply overflow of his heart. That's when that's you know, God God doesn't want you to be like all depending on the prophetic for every little move you make, like Lord should I tie my shoes, which shoes should I put on today, Lord, which message should I preach this upcoming Sunday? Like, you know, you can inquire of the Lord, but if that's the regular pattern that you're depending on that's actually, I don't think what God is going for. God's going for a deep intimacy and oneness in which things that you thought were your own ideas are actually his. But you can't really tell because you guys are so, so close. You know what I mean? That's what God's going for. He's going for oneness, communion with mankind. That's why he puts the spirit in us that our very nature is changed to that of God's. Um, now, in Genesis chapter four, verse one, it says that Adam knew Eve and she got pregnant okay and so we know what Adam did there right and um, that word to know in the Hebrew is the word yada and, it, and that word conveys the intimacy of two people who know each other in a deep Personal and experiential way So In the Bible, the way God sees sex God sees sex As knowing someone Not just Experiencing a leisurely Casual pleasure That you can buy like a cup of coffee That's not how God sees sex In fact, when when the devil Twists and pollutes and contaminates And twists sex like that You know that really, that really stirs the anger of God. Because it's not the way God, God made sex. In God's mind when he sees sex, sex is all about knowing someone intimately. Knowing them. Um, and, and sex is really reserved for two people who are united emotionally, financially, residentially. I don't know if that's a word, but I used it at Hillside and nobody said anything. Sex is reserved for two people that are united together in all of these different ways, where they know each other intimately. That's when there's nothing, nothing really can symbolize that intimacy better than sex. All right? It's not going to be um, you know, doing aerobics together or, or video games together. There's no other activity under the sun that quite symbolizes the intimacy between husband and wife. Not, nothing else but sex. And so, um, when people take sex outside the covenant of a marriage commitment, they desecrate God's design. They sin against Him. They sin against their own bodies. And then they miss out on what God designed sex to be. I mean, they get to enjoy it, but they don't really get to enjoy what it was meant to be. Because they're outside of His design. They're outside of His, of his covering. And uh, some young people that are sexually involved, they actually think that sex will speed up intimacy with their boyfriend or girlfriend. And so they go, oh, you know, well, you know, I'm really serious about this, so, you know, we know we're going to just, we just go ahead and go all the way because, you know. You know and they think that sex is going to actually uh, speed up their intimacy, but it actually, actually, the truth is it actually slows down your ability to get to know someone. Uh, think of it this way. Um, when you get sexually involved with someone who's not your your spouse, the physical stimulation tends to overshadow other aspects of the relationship. Because, you know, it's so exciting and so fascinating. So, you know, you just open up this whole box. And, and there's such a pattern also of giving in to the flesh on both sides that the relationship tends to become more self-centered. And... uh it actually hinders our ability to get to know each other. And actually where a couple, before they started having sex, may uh, depend on communication, talking, spending time together. They were depending on that for intimacy. Now that they have sex, they just got skip through all that. They're like, you know, forget the talking, forget the spending time. Let's just get down to business. And so they're experiencing intimacy without the commitment. And so they think they don't need the communication, so they don't depend on that as well. And so what happens up happening is they don't really get to know that other person. And uh, if it continues to go on, many people end up with a person that knows their body but does not know their heart. Sex outside of marriage will actually hinder your ability to be intimate with that person. Your ability to really know them and love them. Now, brothers and sisters, commitment must be established before you experience deeper intimacy. And what is true of romance is also true of a relationship with God. If you want greater intimacy with God in 2011, it is going to require a full commitment to Him. I mean, you can continue to, to kind of know about His conceptual love. You can continue to know good theology and doctrine but if you want to experience intimacy with god you want to see how great his love is you want to see how far the rabbit hole goes down i mean that's a bad analogy but you want to see how deep his, his uh his plans are for your life right if you want to get real intimate with god it's going to require a commitment but let me tell you something right now god is not looking for a girlfriend. God's not looking for a cheap date. Last time I checked, God's looking for a bride. A church that is committed. A church that is set apart. Walking in holiness, purity, and victory. And so I'm telling you right now, if you want to get intimate with God, and you want to experience His purposes for your life, you want to hear the whispers of heaven, you want to move in the flow, flow of the Holy Spirit. You want to uh, just walk in the fullness of His joy. It's going to require that you make a full commitment to Him. And Let me tell you something about a full commitment to God. Full commitment to God requires... Uh, it's twofold. Commitment to God is twofold. So I just want to... You may or may not agree with me on this, but I don't really care. I'm going to preach it because I have the mic here. And... uh Last time I checked, I'm the lead pastor here. So <clears throat> I'm going to establish this because this is what I believe with my whole heart. For every believer, commitment to God is twofold. First is a personal commitment that you make between you and God. That is where you repent of your sin. You open up your heart. You invite Jesus into your life as Savior and Lord. right? And then uh, you, you enter a covenant in which you live for his purpose and glory. Okay, that's your personal commitment to God. That's the first aspect. And then the second aspect of your commitment to God involves a public commitment that you make before God and before men. And this public commitment involves water baptism and membership in a local church. If your commitment is not twofold... I'm telling you right now, your commitment is incomplete. Think of it this way. If you start dating somebody and you go out with them for five weeks and you go out to a nice restaurant and you talk over dinner and you go, hey, do you want to get married? Yeah, I want to get married. All right, you want to get married? All right, let's get married right here. Right here in the restaurant, girl. (laughs) And let's say over dinner. You guys both agree that you are now married. Now, does that make you married? All right, you can try it. I'm telling you right now. No one's going to recognize it. All right. That is not what gets you married. You don't don't get married like that. Right? Well, the marriage is not a real commitment that you can be held accountable for. Until you appear before your family and friends and declare, I do. Well, in a similar way, in your relationship with God, you cannot be held accountable to live a holy and pure and healthy Christian life until you've made a public confession of your faith through water baptism and you give permission to the body of Christ to keep you accountable through membership in a local church. This is why God commanded baptism. He didn't want it to be some secret thing you did. I mean, unless you're living in like Iran, that you could, you better be smart about it. <laughs> but He did not mean for you to make your little public private commitment and never tell nobody about it. Jesus is like, you really love me? Then, then prove it. Show me that you really love me through a water baptism. And you know what? Water baptism in China, you do it in the dark. In the winter freezing rain and you open up the river and then you get them in there and then you dunk them yeah, and then you get them baptized. All right, but the, for the rest of the free world, public bapt- water baptism is a public event. You're supposed to invite your family, your friends, even your non-Christian friends. Some of them will come. It could be a great witnessing opportunity actually. <clears throat> but, it's a, oh, but it is a k- public event. And also, it's like marriage. It is a public thing. And um, that's why God com- commanded commanded uh, baptism, so that uh, we will really show visibly our private commitment to Him. But also God instituted, He established the local church so that we would actually live out the commitment that we have made before Him. That we would allow others to he- keep us accountable to the commitment that we have to His Word. You know what I mean? I mean, it's easy for somebody to just hop around from one church to another. I'm following the Lord. I'm following the Lord. All right. Oh, let's get to know you. Well, oh, peace. I'm going to follow the Lord over here. Well, okay. Well, what are some struggles that you're going through? Oh, I'm not comfortable here. All right. I'm a, I I'm. follow the Lord. I love the Lord. All right. If you really do, why don't you let us in your life? Why don't you let us uh, get to know you? Can we pray for you? Can we deal with some of those uh, hurts and wounds from the past that you obviously are living in reaction to? Can we get you delivered from all them secret sins that you don't want to tell nobody about? I mean, it's really easy to say you love the Lord and that you're living in commitment to Him when nobody's keeping you accountable to it. And, And I'm telling you, commitment to God is twofold in this way. It involves that personal commitment. Continue in God. But it needs to be expressed in a public commitment. Through water baptism and through membership in a local church. Well, I'm a member of the universal invisible church. I'm a Christian and I have a big old family across the whole globe. They're white, black, Asian, everything. I'm a member of that family. So you can't say I'm not a member of God's family. You can't say I'm not a member of your church. I am a member. I'm a member of the universal church. Alright, alright, calm down. We didn't even say that. We didn't even say that. But check this out. Check this out. Is there any kind of visible way in which you can show who's in and who's out? Well, well, I can kind of tell. You know, I have this, I just kinda of tell by the Glint in their the the, the the little twinkle in their eye, and I can tell if they're Christian or not. Like, like, well, really, do you have any kind of way to tell who's in and who's out? Well, here, here's one way that you can tell who's in and who's out: membership in a local, visible church that exalts and honors the Word of God, and is living and trying to carry out the purposes of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's how you know. Now, <clears throat> does that mean that you know, Pastor Christian is one hundred percent, you know, foolproof in identifying who's really a Christian and who's not? No. I'm, I look, look. I can I can try my best, but who knows? Among the leadership here at E T one, maybe there's a there's a Judas among you. Hey, if it happened to Jesus, hey, I'm thinking it could happen to me too. All right, but but but. Alright, at least 11 of the 12 were true to Jesus, (laughs) alright? But I'm telling you right now that God takes that commitment seriously. Your commitment to a local body. You just doing church on the internet with Joe Olstein, with, you know, Mark Driscoll or whatever your, your, your pastor is like. And you're like, I got the covering of that church. And I'm telling you right now, you really don't, you can call Mark Driscoll I'd be like Hey Mark Driscoll You know uh, You know Arabelle Who <laughs> Arabelle She says she's been listening To all your sermons Oh that's great But I don't know Who that girl is Well she says She's under your covering And I was wondering Because you know She's been coming out To our church And we want to provide Her a covering But she keeps saying That you're her pastor Well you better tell that girl <laughs> She needs to check herself Because we ain't providing No covering over here for her Alright thank you Alright you know like No really Really Covering comes through relationship. Right? And uh, the more intimate you get in those relationships, the thicker the covering will be. And uh, God, before you can go into intimacy with God, there's got to be commitment to Him. And I'm telling you right now, commitment's twofold. Mark my words. You can disagree with me right now, but keep living your Christian walk. And I'll tell you right now, you keep neglecting this aspect of being joined together and committed to a local church. you keep just church hopping, you keep moving on whenever people get to know you too well, or you, whenever you feel like you don't like them anymore. Keep doing that. Keep doing that, and see how deep your intimacy with God goes. I'm telling you, right now, commitment is a prerequisite. For deep intimacy, and this is true um, with your family. You might be like, "What? My family? My family is my family." No, like if you will renew your commitment, like because some of you have um, not very good intimacy with your family. Some of you are great. Some of you call your mommy and daddy every day. (laughs) I can't do that. Uh, Um. But some of us, we don't have a very good relationship with our family members. And God can even bring intimacy there. He can have you connect with your mom in a way that you never thought possible. Or with your father in a way that you never thought possible. But you know what? What's good for you to do on your side is make a commitment to that family member. Say, you know what? I'm going to commit to call them once every two weeks. I'm going to commit to dining out with them once a month. I'm going to commit to my cousin. She's not a Christian. He's not a Christian. And you know what? I want intimacy with this cousin. But you know what? I need to make a commitment because it's not just going to happen. I'm telling you right. Intimacy is one of those things that doesn't happen automatically. Even when two amazing people spend time together all the time, it is not automatic. I, I mean, I, mean, I, I don't want to make example; It's going to make me uncomfortable. But, yeah, you know, there's people in, 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 in New Philly, man. I love the people here in New Philly. But, yeah, I, I got, you know, I gotta admit that I don't have intimacy with all the leaders. I mean, I personally, I can't. I mean, it's not possible. There's a certain level of corporate intimacy I experience with everyone. But, you know, I could be hanging out with a a wonderful, godly, prayer, prayerful, spirit filled person. But just because we hang around each other all the time doesn't mean we're gonna be intimate. Doesn't happen automatically, brothers and sisters. It's gotta be intentional. There's gotta be a commitment. I commit! i commit it could be for your family it could be your friends you know think about that just go up to your friend be like it's the year of intimacy ryan duker and i've been watching you from across the room and you know what i want to be your friend you know what i want to be i want to be intimate friends with you don't get me wrong now come on we brothers we're brothers. Right? You understand what I'm vibing at. But look, I, I want to be intimate with you and I realize that's not going to happen automatically. So you know what? I'm going to commit to this friendship. Now, that is kind of weird, I admit. That is kind of weird. So you got to do it in, in a tactful way. But look, in the Bible, that's what Jonathan and David did. The beginning of their friendship, Jonathan and David, they made a commitment to each other. I bet you Jonathan and David, they had like a secret handshake. All right, because I bet you that they were, they were so committed to each other. They experienced this deep intimacy. All right, it was such a deep intimacy that even when Jonathan's father, King Saul, was trying to kill David, all right, Jonathan stood by David's side and did what he could. To try to protect David. And that even after Jonathan was prematurely died. David honored that friendship by taking care of his uh, descendants. Uh, one of his descendants, Mephibosheth. It was a kid that was paralyzed in his legs. And they would carry Mephibosheth to the dining table. And, and where all the uh, David's uh, sons, from all the many wives that he had. All the sons would be eating at the table. He'd be like, bring Mephibosheth right here. He's going to eat with me like one of my sons. That's how deep of an intimacy he had in that friendship. You know what? And you know what? The vast majority of us, we don't get to experience that kind of rich relationship. And we think, wow, what a shame. How come I never seem to get these good... You know, we look at other people that are close friends, and we're like, oh, I wish I had a friend like that. And we get all, like, jealous and stuff. We all, we all like, you know, uh, how does it say in Korean? Like... Um, Puropta? what no yeah, you know you know what I am talking about right but but the thing is that kind of intimacy doesn't just happen, it's intentional and it requires a commitment, all right, so when you try to experience intimacy without the commitment, it's really like trying to go after one night stands I mean sometimes that's what we experience in the church, don't we? I mean, he's come talk to me, man. I used to be part of a college ministry, man. College ministry, man. It's, I I get shocked sometimes at how much intimacy I experienced with some of these students, and then just exactly six months later, there's no there's no real strong friendship or relationship there anymore. You know, it's, it feels like a one night stand. It really does. You know, like when um. And I know my Columbia students love me. At Columbia KCCC, when I was in college ministry at Columbia University. I mean, these students poured out their love for me. And you know, some of them, you know, continue to really kind of keep in touch with me and stuff like that. But it's really just Brian who followed me all the way to Korea. <laughs> I guess Brian's the only one who truly loved me. But no, I mean, there's a lot of, in the church, there, there's a lot of these one-night-stand type of experiences. Because you go on a mission trip, you get really intimate with somebody. But I'm telling you right now, you come back and you're not intentional and you're not committed to continue that friendship, six months from now, it's going to feel like a one-night stand. And in fact, if you revealed a little bit too much, you're going to even feel a little betrayed. How can that person know that about my past and still walk away from this friendship? You know what I mean? I mean, people are getting hurt left and right, getting disillusioned left and right. And when it really comes down to it, it's because we don't understand the dynamics of intimacy. Because we just we just keep hoping that intimacy just kind of falls down on our lap. And I'm telling you right now, it doesn't. Commitment is required. Um, so, I'm on step one. Step one <laughs> is make a commitment. You got to make a commitment. Step two. <clears throat> if you want to experience intimacy in this year... Step two is you gotta express your love. You got to show your love. Now, the word of God says in 1 John 3 18, let us not love with words or in speech, but with actions and in truth. As DC Talk used to say, love is a verb. Love is action. Love requires that you not only say you love somebody, but you show it. Love is not truly love until it is shown by your actions. Um, and you know, there's a lot of married couples that are they have commitment, but they don't really have intimacy yet. You know why? It's because they have that commitment, but they don't really show love. Or they show love the first year of the marriage... But after that, they felt like it, went, it got a little old so they, and they started getting a little more frugal and they stopped showing love to each other. But I'm telling you right now, if you're in a marriage, if you're in a friendship, or even in your relationship with God, I mean, you got to keep the love fresh. You got to keep showing. You, you got to show your love. You got to show your love. And it's not like God like forgets that, oh, Daisy, you don't love me, do you? You're not showing any love to me. And it's not like God does that. You know, when you show your love to God, I'm telling you, that's how you reach intimacy with Him. When you show your love to your friend, that's when you're gonna reach deeper levels of intimacy. You gotta express your love. Jay Lo used to sing, you know, My love don't cost a thing. And love is indeed it is free. I mean last time I checked, y'all don't have to pay nothing when you when you show love to somebody, right? Love is free, but let me tell you something right now. Love is not cheap. Love is costly. Love is inconvenient. You really want to show your love for your fiance? You want to show your love for your spouse? You want to show love to your small group member? You want to show love to a friend? But well, guess what? It might cost you something. It might cost you your time. cost you your, 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 your money. It can, it can, it, it's going to cost you something. If you, if you, you—it's easier to say "I love you," but it's a completely, totally different thing for you to show that love. And I'm telling you right now—you want to create, you want intimacy with somebody—you got to show your love and you got to show it regularly. You know what I mean? You know, and, and <clears throat> I'm getting convicted of some stuff. Yeah. Anyway, let me give you some suggestions. Suggestions, right? How you can show your love, right? Do, do meaningful things together. Go on, you know, missions together. Go on, uh, go to prayer meetings together. Go to a Korean baseball game together. Do something out of the ordinary. Do something you, you normally wouldn't do. Buy a surprise gift. Buy a gift for your spouse. Buy a gift for your friend on a day when you're not really supposed to give a gift. And when they say, why? You just be like, because I really cherish our relationship. Oh <laughs> uh, you can quote me later. That's that's my quote right there. Uh yeah, like come up with a secret handshake. You know what I'm saying? You and your you and your bull, you and you and you and the sister, you know, come up with a secret handshake. Like, you know, like get creative and showing your love for each other. You know what I'm saying? Like if, if you really want intimacy with Matthew Anderson, every time you walk into the room where Matthew Anderson is, just going like like, that, it's not going to really show your love toward Matthew. But, you know, when, when you come up to him and be like, Yeah, what's up, Matt? What's going on? Florist, boom! You know? <laughs> you're showing your love that way. Even like in that small kind of way, you know, you're going to develop the intimacy, that rapport with him. You know what I mean? Uh, the Bible says in Proverbs 27, verse 18, Whoever tends a fig tree will eat its fruit. Whoever tends a fig tree will eat its fruit. You know, friendships are a lot like fig trees. If you will tend to your fig tree, you will eat its fruit. You will have the the most wonderful wedding ceremony in the world if you surround yourself with deep, intimate friends. I'll tell you right now, you surround yourself just with beautiful people, you hire them at fifty dollars an hour <laughs> to stand next to you because you don't got no friends. <laughs> uh, your wedding ceremony is gonna feel empty. You will not eat much fruit because you didn't you didn't tend to your tree. Friendships are like fig trees. You gotta tend to that fig you tend to that tree, you will enjoy the fruits of that friendship. But i will tell you right now, it takes work. It takes effort. you got to show your love. In our relationship with God. We can show our love toward him in many different ways. And I will not go over all of them because they're kind of obvious to you, you know, right? Uh, One of the love languages in the the love language book is uh, words of affirmation. God doesn't need words of affirmation, but he loves some good words of praise. God is always ready to receive praise, you know what I'm saying? It is never a bad time to praise the Lord. Somebody praise the Lord right now. (laughs) <laughs> there is never a bad time to praise the lord um god loves that just that you showing love you might be like well it feels so ritualistic for me you know i'm just saying hallelujah praise the lord you know god is good all the time you know it feels ritualistic but you know put your heart in it now and then you know god loves those words it's not words of affirmation words of praise he loves that expression of your love toward him uh if you uh come before him in your devotions that's like quality time with god you know, if you um, give him an offering, like you are intentional about it. At the beginning of the week, you're like, oh, I'm getting this bonus. And you know what? I'm going to give 20% of this bonus as an offering of thanksgiving to God. I'll tell you right now, that will show love. That's a way of showing love to God. You know, when Jesus indicted the church of Laodicea. No, I'm sorry. The church of, um, uh, help me out here. The first love church. Ephesus right? when, when Jesus indicted the church of Ephesus it, said, it says that yeah you have all these great things going for you but I got this against you you've forgotten your first love you know just saying that we love God and going around telling people we love God doesn't really create an intimacy with God I mean you've got to show your love to God and you know what God's paying attention that's the thing God's paying attention. Don't think, oh, no one sees this. Oh, It's kind of embarrassing. Why am I even doing this? Lord, I'm painting a picture for you today. Ah, that's an ugly picture. It's for you, Lord, though. Because I love you. I love you. Oh, man, this feels silly, man. Nobody's even looking at this. No, no, no. God's looking. You do that. You, you paint for God. Lord, I'm a rap for you right now. Lord, you are my savior. You rose again in three, and that's why you are living in me. Because the Holy Spirit is one of three. I don't know. Like you know, be creative. God's watching, is what I'm saying. Keep your love fresh. Keep your love. Show your love to God. He loves that. You know. And now uh, nah, I can't go over that. It's going to take too long. All right. Third point. Third point. You make your commitment. You show your love. You express your love. And then third is, you got to learn how to receive love. You want intimacy, you got to learn how to receive love. Some people in here, you're great at showing love, but you're terrible at receiving it. (laughs) Some people recognize it, and and they're a little bit frustrated, and they're trying to work through it. Other people, they're oblivious to it. Other people, they actually are so good at showing love, They use that almost as like a shield from receiving love. Brady Miller at Hillside, anyway. (laughs) Sometimes you try to like pray for Brady or you try to like hug Brady back and like, man, God loves you, bro. And we're like, oh, yeah, he loves you. (laughs) Let me me give you a hug. No, 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 Mr. Lee, it's okay. It's okay. We got to receive love. We got to get good at receiving love. We got to let down our walls. You got to loosen up. Whether it's with God, or with your friends, or with your family. I mean, some of us, you know, we've been so hurt by family members. Every time we go to a family reunion, we're all tensed up. Like, oh man, what are they going to say now to hurt me again? You know? And, 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 And there's no intimacy with your family. And what you really need to do is just let down your walls. Let them say something stupid. Get hurt. Go to the closet. Go to the bathroom. Cry. Forgive them. Receive His healing and come on out and just... <sighs> and be gracious to them and bless them and love on them. Eventually, love will win out. Love is stronger than whatever they got going on in their hearts. You got to really believe in the power of love here. and It's not just your love. It's the agape, unconditional love of God being manifested through you. And that love has power to break people out of drug addictions without any drugs, without any medicine. The love of God's got power. And so we got got to let down our walls and we got to learn how to receive love. And uh, when we receive love from God, sometimes God shows us His love to us. Uh, He shows His love to us in a way that we may not expect. You know, this is the truth. So many of us, so many Christians... We have like a multiple choice thing that you throw up to God. And you say, God, I want you to show your love to me. And even earlier, you know, I asked you guys to put your hand on your heart and, and put your other hand out toward heaven. And just, Lord, Lord, know, show us your love, Lord. But, you know, most of us, when we're doing that, we got this multiple choice thing, Lord. And it's like, Lord, Lord, show us your love, A, B, or C. A, B, C, or D. You can show your love in this way by having me get picked out and come to the front. Or B, you can give me one of the supernatural experiences all over my body where I feel electricity. Or C, you can, uh, you can have uh, you know, uh, one of the leaders come up to me and, 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 and hug me or something. I don't know. Like We have, this, we have a very limited expectation, like um, framework, in which we're willing to receive love from God. And what I want to encourage you in the year of intimacy is expand that. Because God is so create. He's so much more creative than that. And he's showing you love like in so many creative ways. But a lot of times we're so stuck on A, B, C, and D. We're so stuck in this limited framework. That we're not able to get and experience the love that would draw us into intimacy with God. So, So for example, let me give you some practical things, right? Sometimes God would speak to you in a quiet way. If you're Pentecostal, you're used to loud love, you know. You know, God just like, you know, coming up in tongues and just... God loves you! <laughs> you know, and Pentecostals are used to more like fiery kind of displays of God's love. But you know, we got to understand that, that in the quiet place, God can just show you His love. You know, some, I was sharing this earlier. Sometimes I'm, I'm doing my quiet time and I'll just ask the Lord, Lord... How come when I minister to people, you know, they're just getting, they're crying, they're getting touched, you're showing them visions, they're, you know, falling on the ground, they're just shaking under your power. I mean, they are experiencing incredible things. But how come I hardly ever get that? Why am I so thick skinned? Why am I insensitive? Why, why, why can't I experience that? You know? And I'll be praying something like that. I'll be like, Lord, I want to like, like flop on the ground like a fish out of water. I just want to. I just want to see how it's like. It looks like a fun. It looks like a lot of fun. And <clears throat> and I'm like expecting. and I'm um, asking God for that. And I believe God hears that. And maybe one of these days I'll get so whacked that, that I won't know, know where I am. Uh, <laughs> actually, Randy Clark prophesied that over me. He was. Like, he was like, Christian God's gonna hit you. He's gonna whack you so hard. It's gonna scare you. I was like, Whoa. I don't know if I want this anymore. <laughs> And I'll be praying like that, and then, and God does this to me regularly. Just randomly, a ray of sunshine will come into the room. And it'll be like a crack in the clouds, a crack in between the buildings. But it'll be right on my face. I, I, don't, I don't move, it'll be right on my face. And I'll be like, That's funny, that wasn't there before. Is that you, God? No. Yes. No. And after a while I'm like, ah, even if it's coincidence, I'll take it. <laughs> but you know, God, God, God can show you his love in that kind of small way. In that kind of, you know? Just 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 to show you he's God. I can do that with the sun. I can do that with the clouds. Because I'm God. Or or sometimes it could be through a prophecy. You know? And it, it may be even a prophecy, you're like asking God lord what are what do you I'm in the season of transition and I want to know what you want me to do with my life god what kind of job should i get what what major should, you know which i have four jobs before me four job offers which one should i take and you're expecting god to show up and, and show you his love through a particular prophecy regarding that and then he just comes to you through prophecy of uh god says you are his son and that you're fully loved and that you have all that you need to succeed and then you're like, can you give me more? Tell me about my job. Tell me about my major. Tell me about my situation, my transition. Come on. And the person's like, that's all I got? God bless you. And you're like, man, where's the love, Lord? Where's the love? And in fact, God may be, God may be showing you his love in that way. Because what he's about to reveal regarding his plans for your life, it requires you to be established in your identity. It requires you to know who you are. So that as you do the things you do, you don't find your identity in the things you do. You find your identity in Him. Uh, or it could be God just uh, just sending a random friend. Just a friend. You know, it could be your neighbor. Just, you know, being like, hey, how are you? Welcome to church today. It could be a, just a hug. Uh <clears throat> You know, God's just so creative in how He shows us His love, and and in the year of intimacy, what I want you to do is I want I want by the end of the year I want just lists like Joanne Chun have a list of things, and you're just like God showed me His love in this way this week, and in this way in another week He showed me His love in this. I didn't even know He could show me His love like this, but He showed. I'm pretty sure that was Him, you know, and just write write it, and chronicle the ways in which He has shown you His love and receive that love. Receive that love. That's the point of my third point, is to receive it. Sometimes you've got to recognize it to receive it, right? So that you, it do not feel like you're surrounded by random chance. I'm telling you right now, Oswald uh, Chambers, right? He's, he always says in his, uh, my utmost for his highest, he always talks about how God engineers every circumstance of His saints. Meaning that if you're walking rightly with God, nothing happens by chance. Everything is engineered by God. The things that are good and the things that even don't appear so good, that may even appear bad to you, there can actually be hidden blessings. He engineers the circumstances of His saints. If you really truly believe that, if you look around, you will see that He's constantly reminding you of His love. Constantly reminding you of His love. Brothers and sisters, we are created to love and be loved. That was the main purpose for why God created us. It wasn't so that we can go on missions. It wasn't so that we can do things for Him. It was so that we could have love Intimate relationship with Him—that's our nature, and through Jesus Christ, that gets restored into us. And I want each and every one of y'all to access the fullness of that intimacy and love this year. Access your nature—you are to be loved and to love. And, and 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 love is nice, but intimacy is so like like love and intimacy aren't—they're op- not two different things. Like intimacy is like love whole lot of love put together. You get intimacy. Not really. And then when you have a whole lot of intimacy, you get fruit. You get a new life. When two a married couple they they have sexual intimacy, they often get pregnant and then they bring in a new life into the world. There's an overflow of this joy and love between them two. And it creates a new baby in which they want to share that love and joy overflow into that new baby's life. Right? Well, in that same way, it's that, that dynamic and that truth, is, 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 it can be applicable to your friendships, to your family relationships, uh, obviously with your spouse as well. Right? And, but also in your relationship with God. The more intimate you will get with Him, the more fruit will come out of your life naturally. You don't even have, you don't have to make an effort. Like, you know, you know so think about the word Fruit. Have you ever seen a tree straining itself and being like Ah oh, gotta produce fruit decision yeah. oh. There you go. No, trees don't do that, right? Trees trees they just be trees. They just have to be trees and they just gotta get the right conditions. Get some water, get some sun, right? And then trees just natural by nature they produce fruit. Tell you right now, you get intimate with God, just out of the overflow of the intimacy, your life will be fruitful for His glory. All right, let's pray. Let's pray, Father. I just thank you so much, God, that this is the year of intimacy, and that you have good things for this church in this new year. And so, Father, Lord, I just pray for each and every heart to open wide to receive Your love and the love of Your people. I pray that each person, or will go deep in their intimacy with their spouses, with their soon-to-be spouses. They go deep in their intimacy with their friends. Even friends that have betrayed them. Friends that have betrayed them, but they still find those friends to be meaningful and those friends to be precious. And they want to continue to go after those friends. And I just want to pray that even those friendships will be restored And will be restored to a place of intimacy deeper than it was when it was estranged. I just pray for intimacy to abound in your people this year, Lord. Lord, what is life without love? Lord, we can move in all kinds of prophetic anointings. We can move in all kinds of healing anointings. We can move in all Mm -hmm. the gifts of the Spirit. But if we do not have love, it really is, feels very empty and meaningless. Because the first order of why you even created us Was so that we can love and be loved So Father, Lord, bring us back to the To the nature of who you designed us to be Creatures Created by God In love To be loved And to love Thank you, Lord That even in our mess-ups and our sins When we were separated from you You took the initiative to send your son and to restore intimacy with you, God. Sinful man, restored, not just forgiven, but restored to intimacy with a holy God. God, we thank you for the cross of your son, Jesus Christ. What an amazing, amazing grace you have poured out to our lives. And Father, Lord, we want deep intimacy. Take us deep this year, Lord. Take us deep this year in all the relationships around us. In Jesus' name we pray.